0: A solid start to the post-Christmas schedule as the Wild take down the Winnipeg Jets 4-1. We recap the game, we talk about some of the injury concerns for the Wild, and the kids are all right. We'll discuss it all today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Lockdown Wild on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we recap a four to one win over the Winnipeg Jets. We'll talk about the line combinations and why they need to stick going forward We'll try to get an update on some injuries, and we'll talk about the man who stole the show once again, Philip Gustafson. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and really not anything to point out from a negative perspective in this win against the Winnipeg Jets. I know Winnipeg is injured to to get to this point of the season. They're missing a ton of key pieces, but so are the Wilds. Marcus Foligno out, Brandon Duhame out, Mason Shaw serving a two-game suspension. And so it all leads to a pretty comfortable win for the Minnesota Wild, 4-1. We saw them do something that we hadn't seen in a handful of games, is just play smart hockey. And what I mean by that is not allowing the Jets to just live on the power play in this game. There were two penalties on the Wild. Should have probably been a third, but there wasn't. And uh, the Wild were successful on both kills. The Wild went to the power play one time, and uh, they ended up coming away with the power play goal. The rest of the time it was five on five, and uh, the Wilds took advantage of where they're at to really kind of exploit the Winnipeg Jets and Come away with a pretty nice game. It was a a nice showing right off the bat. Some life and energy from the Wild. Uh, they were more focused on kind of setting up the next play as opposed to some of. And it it was ironic because we saw it from the Jets later in the game. Is the Wild are not were not focused on those like three quarter ice passes to try to set up their home run swing. They were very much just looking to move the puck ahead to its next destination throughout the night, which led to a lot of really good instances of attacking the zone. The Wild had a ton of extended zone time in this one. And as a result, they found yet another way to get to Connor Hellebuck. And so it got me thinking, Connor Hellebuck, one of the best goalies in the NHL, Why do the Wild continually have this level of success against him? And if you look at the formula in last night's game, power play goal was Jared Spurgeon right in front of the net. The Matt Zuccarello goal was a little further away, but then the Freddie Goudreau goal was a two-on-one that was right in front of the net. And then, of course, you have the Sammy Walker empty netter. We'll talk about Sammy Walker in a little bit. But they just continue, I think, to really try to exploit right around the net. And Hellebuck is a great goalie. I don't care how good you are, though. If you are continuing to face shots from right up close, it gets to be a lot trickier as a goalie to make those saves if you have a player like right in front of you that has all of those areas to pick from uh, your reaction time is slower, and so for the Wild to continue to feast on Hellebuck, who now is 9-9-2 uh, nine, nine against the Wild in his career, it's just them kind of doing what you should do against any goalie in the NHL. And the difference is you see Hellebuck facing all these shots from right in front of the net. Philip Gustafson or... Marc-Andre Fleury continued to see shots from further and further away. And the only goal that was allowed by the Wild in this one tonight was the one instance in which the Jets were able to kind of get one through. Beyond that, it was just a lot of shots from uh, outside the zone that make for easy saves for your goalie. The further they, away they are, the easier a shot it is for your goalie to make the save. And so that's a credit to the defense. It's also a credit to where Gustafson has gotten um, to this point in the season. And we'll talk plenty more about him because it's getting to the point where the Wild need to look at how do we keep Gustafson here long-term because there clearly is something to his game that has allowed him to have the most success he's ever had at the NHL level in a Minnesota wild uniform. And so you start to look at like, what next, how do we keep Gustafson here and had uh, a follower on Twitter point out an interesting comp. And so we'll, we'll look at that um, later on in the episode here, but this just Dean Evison said it after the game, it was nearly a perfect showing for the Minnesota wild. And it's super encouraging considering what we saw on the back end of the break, and considering the circumstances with this game, so it's set up through the NHL and the NHL Players Association that this first game after Christmas, you fly out the day of. So you get up, you take an early flight, and so there was potential that the Wild were going to come out and look a little flat having not played over the, uh, the last four days. They did not. They looked good. They uh, they played with purpose. And I don't know if part of that was that they were playing a, a central division rival. But it was just, it was really encouraging to see this team, considering you are down Marcus Felino, Brandon Duhame, Mason Shaw, it, and Jake Middleton. Jake Middleton didn't play either. It was really encouraging to see this team put together one of their better efforts of the year. Um, Right in that wheelhouse of the wild winning formula uh, and putting that together behind the eight ball and not kind of falling into that trap of we're going to make this a little harder than it needs to be. There was none of that in this game. And so great start to the break. 20th win of the season. 2-0 now against the Winnipeg Jets so far this season. Got to love that, too. Um, as we continue today's show, we'll continue to kind of unpack what we saw in uh, last night's game. We got to talk about Philip Gustafson and, uh, and where he goes next. We'll also talk about a, uh, a nice return to the lineup for Sammy Walker. And so we have uh, all of that and more to get to as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, plus stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action all at Bet Online, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, keeping you up to date with everything going on throughout the course of the NHL season. Locked on Sports Today uh, and other sports. Locked on Sports Today is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, a reminder as well, you can now find Locked on Wild on Amazon Music uh, ad-free over there. So make sure you check out Locked on Wild on Amazon Music as well. A 4-1 to win for the Minnesota Wild and Philip Gustafson- These numbers just blow me away. Uh, He is 7-1-0 in his last eight starts with a goals against average of 1.74 and a save percentage of 936. That 1.74 goals against average leads NHL goalies since November 19th. And so we continue to say it, even with what happened in San Jose, which... I'll, I'll echo, I think he got hung out to dry by a tired team in front of him. Uh, looked great again tonight. Faced faced a, a good number of shots from the Winnipeg Jets, but it wasn't anything super strenuous. Because again, I think, and I'm, I'm not trying to pull anything away from what we've seen from Gustafson so far, because he's been great. I think the defense limiting shots getting through is a huge portion of why these goalies are doing so well is because they're not having to face all of those shots from within close. Everything that is being sent on the net right now is coming from near the top of the zone. And not only that, but they're coming through clear shooting lanes. There's not a whole lot of traffic in front of the net to where, if you're Gustafson or if you're Flurry, you not only see where the shot is coming from, but you also have a clear lane to see it come to you and to make a save without having to try to maneuver around people in front of the net. So, the wild defense has done a really good job um, of making sure that those shots that are coming through are pretty easy saves. At the same time, the goalies have to make the saves, and Gustafson has looked. You know, he has looked like a guy that is capable of being a, a a goalie in the NHL that is more than just, like, your backup. Like, at the least right now, he's playing, like, the 1B uh, here in Minnesota. And you look at what has gone on with his goalie situation over the past few years, you know, when Capo Kakinen had that great... Rookie season in which he was 16 and 8, thought we saw flashes of that um, throughout that run to where you're like, hey, maybe Kakinen is the uh, is the guy that can kind of step in and fill in this goalie situation for the next few years. And so we saw what happened to Kakanen after that. Obviously didn't work out that well. But what we're seeing with Gustafson. Makes it so that, you know, maybe you're you're not ready to put him in like that 1B category as of yet, but at the very least, I think he is somebody that you have to give a serious consideration to keeping around long term. Marc Andre Fleury isn't going to play forever. Jesper Valstead is continuing to kind of get his feet wet in the AHL. So whether he is ready next year, or the year after, Philip Gustafson buys you time to where you don't have to really sweat that. If he continues on this run, if Fleury retires next year, Gustafson's your guy. If Fleury comes back, you've got this same goalie tandem. And then the year after that, Gustafson can be your guy if needed. The big question is going to come down to what a contract extension looks like. And an interesting note, um, and uh, just trying to find the tweets that I can give proper credit credit here as um, it was all the way back, uh, Joseph Nowariak um, tweeting that the Stuart Skinner deal would look pretty good uh, for what we have seen for Philip Gustafson so far. Stuart Skinner signed a three-year $7.8 million contract extension with the Edmonton Oilers uh, that will kick in in the 2023-2024 season. So it boils down to $2.6 million per season uh, for Skinner on that extension. And... If you're looking at his numbers in comparison to what um Philip Gustafson has done so far this season, uh tense drums added in for effect. If you look at uh Stuart Skinner's numbers so far this season, he comes in, he is 11 9 one 2.90 goals against average, a 916 save percentage. And he comes in as a uh, relatively young goalie at 24 years old, um, and he has performed pretty well over his uh, his last few starts, especially here in the month of December. But the main point being is that Gustafson has better numbers than that, and uh, Stuart Skinner got 2.6 per year for three seasons. So does, does Gustafson get something like 2.5 to 3.5 something in that range he's making at the moment uh 787,500 dollars uh for this season. And so, you know, that's going to be a big negotiating tactic for Bill, Bill Garen is to try to kind of secure the deal now before a player has a chance to kind of cash in off of a second consecutive successful season. So I would say the Skinner framework is probably a good spot to go, but we'll have to wait and see. There's still plenty left of the season, um, but I I haven't seen anything that would suggest that Gustafson is going to slow down any uh, from what he has done so far this season. So it's it's great to see because if we remember the turn of events, you had Cam Talbot, um, his camp not super thrilled that um, that he was going to be splitting a tandem with Marc-Andre Fleury for a full season. And so apparently they had gotten it to where they were were amenable to it. Uh, but then Bill Guerin saying to himself, you know, if he's not going to be 100% happy being here, why don't we just take care of that? and obviously they have ties, him and Philip Gustafson have ties, going back to their days in Pittsburgh. He obviously saw something back then that he liked, and so he targeted Gustafson, and it's it's worked out. It's been a win-win because he uh, was trying to keep tabs on the Ottawa game here uh, that was going on last night, in addition to the Wild game, and Cam Talbot, 49 saves on 51 shots against the Boston Bruins in a game that the uh, Senators won in a shootout, 3-2. So obviously it's been a win-win for both teams, which is rare in sports. Usually you get one team who trades for a player it doesn't work out, or you have a team give up on a player and their return doesn't work out as much as the player they traded does. This one feels like a win-win for both teams, and so glad to see it, want to see it continue, and um, we'll see how the rest of the week plays out with a couple of big games and uh, who ends up getting the starts uh, for either side. We also saw the return of Sammy Walker to the lineup and uh, just want to talk about kind of the line combinations for the Wild and why they need to stick with what we saw last night. As we continue to unpack a 4-1 to one win for the Minnesota Wilds, we'll do so after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day for your second listen. Again, make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, a full recap of everything going on in the wide world of sports, all in one place. Locked on Sports Today is available on your favorite podcast platforms, just like Locked on Wild, which now includes Amazon Music. So make sure you check us out there as well. Sammy Walker got his first career NHL goal. It was an empty netter, but who cares? He was able to uh, to celebrate that with his team winning big. And it was interesting to see that uh, with that game, in hand for the Wilds with it three to one at that point in the game, that Dean Evison had no fear going with that lineup uh, the Matt Boldy, Freddie Goudreau, and Sammy Walker line. And I think we need to see more of this depending on how things play out. The news on Marcus Felino is not good, which is weird because I seem to recall before the Christmas break that it sounded like he was going to be fine coming out of the break. Obviously something changed, but it sounds like it's not going to be anything in the near term for Felino. And so the grief line is going to have to go on a little hiatus for now. But that's where Ryan Hartman comes in, and I think he can elevate to that line, which then allows more of what we were looking for with Matt Boldy. Anyways, the speed, the just kind of fearlessness that Sammy Walker plays with. And I think having that injury pull Ryan Hartman back up into the lineup was probably a blessing in disguise. Obviously, you want Felino out there any chance you get, but it prevented the Wild from going on an extended run with Ryan Hartman on that line. And not to say that Hartman couldn't handle it, but, I I mean, it's just a different dynamic with Sammy Walker on that line with Marcus Foligno. uh, with, uh, With Sammy Walker on that line with Matt Boldy, excuse me. It's just a different animal. Like, it just looks different. They play super well together. And so for as long as Felino is going to be out, I think that's where that roster spot needs to go, uh, is to Walker and to allow him an opportunity to play. Now, obviously, at this point, when Mason Shaw's suspension is done, it's probably going to be Adam Beckman heading back down. But he played well himself. Like, and this just continues to be kind of a common theme for the Minnesota Wild is that these Iowa guys have come up here and they have looked like they belong at the NHL level. And so for all of these questions with the roster coming up over the uh, the next few years, you've got a lot of guys that are going to be able to step up and uh, and give you quality minutes to where you don't have to worry about well how are we going to plug how are we going to plug this hole? Who is going to play in this spot? You've got, you know, you've got four or five guys down there that are ready right now to come up and make an impact with this team. And so my hope is that Dean continues with these line combos and allows Sammy Walker the opportunity to continue to build off of this great start to the season for him because it was great of a, of a story as it was for Mason Shaw to make the team full time and earn that spot Sammy Walker may be next he may be the next one in line to get the news that he can start looking for a place to stick with this roster beyond just a call up so We'll we'll see what happens there. We'll keep an eye on it because obviously Dallas is going to be a tricky game on, um, on Thursday, and then you've also got the St. Louis Blues, who are, again, super up and down. And so you're going to need some of that speed. You're going to need some of that speed in the lineup. And so I think as long as Felino's on the injured reserve, I think Sammy Walker is going to be up here uh to uh to fill that spot and that is perfectly fine with me. Um and then you can fight it out with Mason Shaw, Brandon Duhame, and Ryan Reeves when those guys uh, are ready to return themselves. So really good start out of the break and uh it just I think it just sets you up so well for the rest of the week. Um than it would if you come out flat. And uh, and you end up losing that game to a depleted Winnipeg Jets roster. We don't have to worry about any of that because the Wild got the win, and uh, they'll look to do it again against Dallas on Thursday. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Wild. So now that your first listen of the day is done, again, make sure you check out the Locked On NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL. Locked On NHL is available on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge, just like Locked on Wild. So make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast platforms, follow along on YouTube, and follow us on Amazon Music as well. We are keeping you up to date on every platform that exists, so make sure you tune in. We have new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.